Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Robcast. This is episode 284. Okay, so a couple days ago, my daughter Violet and I went surfing. We're walking along this boardwalk almost to the water, and this guy stops us, and he asks us, what day is it? <laughs> Are you with me on this? Does that perfectly summarize the thing in the air right now? He says, what day is it? And here's the thing. I didn't know. I said, I think it's the 30, 30th? Maybe it's the 1st? I don't know. Maybe it's the 31st. I didn't know. He then looks at me and says, no, I meant what day of the, what day of the week is it? <laughs> and I knew, but here's the thing. I had to look at Violet for confirmation. And I think I literally added a question mark, like Thursday? <laughs> Does that summarize the feeling in the air right now? So this is the gift I give you at the beginning of the Robcast episode 284. Years from now, when your grandkids read about coronavirus and this moment we're living in, and they ask you, what was it like, Grandpa? What was it like, Grandma? This is the gift I give you. You can say to them, this is what it was like. Adults were stopping each other in public and saying, do you know what day it is? And the adults they were asking had to pause and think about it. <laughs> I don't know why that makes me laugh so hard. Oh, my word. So I just hopefully there, I just captured something of how you've been feeling recently. By the way, speaking of what day it is, it's about eight weeks until my new book comes out. Um, and I haven't had a book come out in since early 2017. So it's been a while. And yeah, that's uh, big things in my life. So the book is called Everything is Spiritual, Who We Are and What We're Doing Here. And it's uh, part memoir, part confession, part endless, part, <laughs> part endless riff, extended riff on the evolutionary nature of reality. It's, uh, I just did my first interview at the book and the writer said, it's more like an experience than a book. And I was like, oh, nice. Anyway, I spent this whole last week in a studio in the mornings recording the audio book. So uh, if you want me to read it to you, I would be happy to. And pre-orders have already started. So if you want to uh, order audiobook or, you know, paper book with pages and such, um, you can get that. And then September 15th, the book comes out. Now, what day is it? In these uncertain times, how many times have you heard that recently? We turn to somebody we've turned to before. Ladies and gentlemen, episode 284 is, of course, a trace report. Trace? It just feels back. right. It just feels right, doesn't it? <laughs> it feels like, it feels it feels like time. That 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 intro was epic too. You like it, that? Yeah, I like that a lot. <laughs> yeah, so we've been in the house together with the three other bells 
since March. They're cooking up some ideas. Yeah, high level yeah, ideas. High level cooking ideas up right here, flying around everywhere. So, and um, of course, we're endlessly talking about all kinds of things. But this episode, we've been brewing on this one for a little while. Yeah, I'm, ex- I'm excited about this one. I think this one's gonna be really fun. I think yeah, this one's gonna be good. We um we want to show you something, and introduce you to some things, and then uh, hang with us because at the end some things might start to connect um, because we have some ground to cover. Yeah, yeah, we have we got a little teaching to do here, I think. <laughs> a little a little education to do here. But but it's it'll be worth it in the end though. I, I want people to I want people to stick and kind of do we're we're going to ask you to do a little work, but I think in the end it will be worth it. Absolutely. And I think it will be worthwhile. And how would you describe we've talked about post language being sort of the the concept we want people to see there's a, and feel. There's a certain way that art starts to transcend conventional language and conventional logic as the spirit kind of evolves and, and grows. Um, and I think there's, there's, some really, there's some really interesting ways that we can kind of see that unfolding in culture and some really interesting trends. Um, and I would really kind of like to take people through this idea that as, as consciousness, as your spirit grows, the things that start to connect with you um, can actually appear uh, kind of nonsensical at first, but are actually the things that remain the most poignant and um, and stick with you the most. Yes. Um, and I think there's some really cool ways that I, I've my, myself, I've kind of personally see this, seen this happen in my own life and seen it kind of happen in the stuff I like. Um, and I think there's some certain, there's some, so we're going to take you through some, some different ways that, I've seen this unfolding. We've seen this unfolding. Yes, yes. I love how you've talked about how uh, with the evolution of consciousness, almost like it engages more and more of yourself. Yeah. So, it's, so there's mind, but then there's soul, spirit, yeah. body. And as truth expands in your life, it's going to begin to speak to... It's like more of yourself is absorbing truth. Yeah. Yeah. In ways that may at first seem unfamiliar. Exactly, yeah. And then gradually you realize, oh, that came in the side door. Yeah. Which we should jump into exactly our content because otherwise we're going to talk about this. People are going to go, what? People are going to be like, what, these, what the heck are these guys talking about? This sounds... <laughs> no world. Okay, so first, um, here's how this is going to work. There's some songs that we're going to talk about, but we all know that talking about music is like dancing about architecture, which I think that's Thelonious Monk. No one knows who said that, but... Um, so you have the Robcast you're listening to, but we also want you to have Spotify, Apple Music. Yeah, Spotify, YouTube, you, any, anywhere where you can, you can... YouTube. Yeah, pull up some music. Anywhere you can pull up some music. And so at different times, we'll ask you to pause, listen to a bit of a song, and then come back to us, which... You know, if you're driving or washing the dishes, yeah, I, you know, I know, and I know this your can, best shot. I know this can be a little annoying, like having to like we're we're asking you to pull up something out, like you just want to listen to a podcast. Uh, I I really want to stress though, like a lot of this is a feeling and yes, like con- yeah. and connection. So I think there is an important. I mean, I wish we could play the songs. I wish we could just have you listen to them right now. But I I really want to uh, highlight uh, how important I think it is that you kind of like sit and actually listen and take this in to really to really yeah, grasp. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, because there's like music rights and copyrights and all that sort of stuff, and we're yeah. obviously respectful of that. So, um, first song first, is first song is called uh, O OK. So it's O H space OK. It's spelled O K A Y, and it's by Gunna G U N N A, Young Thug, and Lil Baby. 
off the standard album. Standard spelling of Young Thug. Yeah, standard spelling of Young Thug. Yes, and <laughs> Lil and Lil Baby spelled L I L I L B A B Y. Um, off the album Drip Season Three. Um, and a lot of you have that on repeat, but for those of you who don't, yes, yes, you're, <laughs> you're gonna be introduced to some new music right here. Okay, so um, normally when you listen to music or you listen to something new, like your friend plays you something, you know, there's that like your brain is racing, like this little cognitive machine yeah. is whirling, like trying to figure it out. Yeah. What is this? What genre is this? Um, what are they saying? Yeah. Um, have I ever heard this before? Have I heard this artist before? What is going on? Is my speaker working? You know what I mean? Yeah, There's yeah. all this stuff yeah. normally. But our invitation to you is to play OOK. And uh, how would you describe it? It's almost like you're, you're, you're listening to it like... Um, for the experience, yeah, yeah, of it. Try to try to almost like turn some of your some of the parts of your brain off that you norm that are normally on when you listen to new mu new music. Like yeah. the, the really trying to like analytical, just just feel the guitar in the song, feel the rhythm, feel the melody, feel the voice, feel the voices, how the voices kind of sink into the beat. I just really want people to kind of sink into the feeling, like yeah, it's like listening to it with your cells. Yes, yes, yeah, that's a great <laughs> way to put it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so here we go. We're going to pause now and listen to the song. And now we're back. That feels weird. <laughs> Let's just assume they all did it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So you just heard some of that. Good. Now, um, how would you... Do? Let's talk about genre first. Well, okay, so... so what you just heard. <laughs> what you just heard is what a lot of people would would call mumble rap. That was the that's the the kind of generic term that a lot of people would would uh, kind of label this music as is like um, rap that you. It's not uh, clearly every word isn't clearly articulated. It's more kind of slurred out. It's a very specific style of rap. It's like now, hazy. Hazy. And I, I I use the term mumble rap because that's how most people would call it. I don't actually like that term because it was kind of made originally to kind of degrade the music and like it was used as like a, a, a term, yeah, a term to 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 degrade the music and kind of take away some of the artistic value of it. So I don't I don't like that term, but I'm I'm only using it because that's how most people know it as. It's actually if you actually look, they actually are saying lyrics and they actually are saying stuff if you look up the lyrics and there it is like a beautiful artistic expression within rap. So it's just calling it like mumble rap. They're not just mumbling. They're actually, it's, it's, a, it's more like slurred rap almost is what I'd call it. It's almost um, like there's smoke in the speakers. Like, or yeah, something. yeah. Almost like like their, their voices almost like, like, like melt into like the beat. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, yeah. it's very melodic. It's, very, it's, it's rap that's more focused on melody and feel rather than, like, than articulated words, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, By the way, there's a long historical tradition of something isn't understood at first, and so people make fun of it. Like, there, there was actually a, a religious lineage called Quakers who contributed all this wonderful peacemaking tradition to the world. But the Quakers, um, and, and the, the power of silence, but Quakers were first uh, called something else, and people made fun of them for their, their passion and fervor and called them Quakers <clears throat> as, like, a term of derision. Mm -hmm. But then it stuck, and so they just owned it. Yeah. And it became like a, a, a term of, um, yeah, like became their identity. Yeah. So in some ways, even calling mumble rap, at first it was called mumble rap. They're just mumbling. But then, which I love how you talk about, 
there's actually something very sophisticated going on there. Yeah, yeah. And that, that's what I would like people to kind of try to try to focus on it and understand through this music. But but this this kind of genre of, of and the style of rap really originated in the South. Um, and it really originated from Young Thug and Future were the guys that really pioneered it. Um, and it was usually about around like 2014, 2015 is when it really kind of the, like started to come on the scene. And when it first when it first came out, it was very very misunderstood by a lot of music and rap fans. It was like, what the what the heck is this? Like, what are the, what are these guys doing? It was almost like it was almost like rappers being like parodies of themselves. You know what I mean? Like it was yeah. almost like a joke. Like you you get in there and you just kind of like mumble and say like nonsensical. Like we can't, we don't understand what he's saying. And it was very very misunderstood. But now you you fast forward five years and it has heavily influenced right. the genre in a way that like. It's just insane. Like most rap that's coming out now has been influenced by the sound that Young Thug and Future pioneered. Like so the, the very genre that was misunderstood at first and seen as this like weird, like niche, like lazy style is now like the dominant style in rap. And, and then you think about the evolution of rap. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, 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 no. Yeah. And you think about the evolution, you think about like uh, early Eminem. Oh yeah. As opposed to bearded Eminem. Early <laughs> early Eminem that there was like uh, the verbal dexterity, yeah. Like how fast, yeah. How difficult, um, even to to do the lines. All of the multiple rhyme schemes was, within one line. Rapping people was were like, much, "Whoa!" Yeah, rapping was much about. It was really about like how good you could rap, like how skilled you were. It was like athletic at rapping. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. It was like how skilled you were at rapping, and then it kind of turned into like how it wasn't like how good you could rap. You know what I mean? It was almost like the best rappers weren't actually doing like the conventional style. You know what I right, mean? Right, right. But it made their music resonate in a different way and it made their music like touch a different part of you, you know? Then you had free, then you had like freestyle, which is just who can on the spot yeah. cook something up from scratch, yeah. which is which is its own sort of, produces yeah. its own sort of wonder. Yeah. Then you have, um, and this is not chronological, but then you had like um, NWA, Public Enemy, you had the power of naming yeah that was what's wrong with very, the world like explicitly labeling what was going on yeah. yeah calling it out with like tremendous force and you even think about like uh the drum under oftentimes that that giant kick drum just like the thunderous yeah um the rage the almost like the prophetic exposing of yeah. structural and no, injustice. nothing was left to the imagination too like what was happening was explicitly right. said through those lyrics right like know? a clear one-to-one yeah. analogous relationship this is what we're saying and it's we're directly talking about this we don't want anybody to be fuzzy yeah and then like 2015 ish young thug <laughs> comes along sometimes wearing a skirt yeah, in yeah. public yeah and it's like um he broke all these conventional norms and his his i was so fascinated by the way like and people his, were like, "What is what his, is this? his music?" Was almost like without like conventional logic and like conventional word like rap structure phrases was like naming yeah. almost like feelings. His, you know, his, his songs were almost hitting like more feelings and like uh, otherworldly uh, elements right. to it. You Stuff know what I mean? he was getting at dimensions of the human experience yes. that can't. Fully, you you can't fully get at with clear, yeah, concise, logical sentence structures. Yeah, yeah. His, Which his music was very spiritual to me. Like it was right, very, right, right. It hit, like hit different parts that like music, like that rap has never 
like it, it was hitting feelings that were like completely di- different. It, yeah, was, it, it blew right. my mind in a lot of different ways. Like alienation, exile, uh, disorientation. Yeah. Um, sometimes I think about like disempower, um, empowered sadness. Yeah. Like this is not somebody who's passively just taking it. Yeah. They're active and they're doing something in the world, but they're giving expression to a, a melancholy and sadness. Yeah. But doing it with like a, a, a different sort of restrained power or yeah. something. Like almost much more, com- the colors and shades are much more complex. Yeah, and it was, it would make, that you could like feel the pain in his voice without him like actually naming the pain through lyrics. You know what I mean? It was like, yeah. like and you, it was, it, you could interpret it in so many like different, like unique ways. Mm-hmm. And it just, it totally added this whole like other element to rap that just like made the whole genre like so much more expansive and so much more powerful. You know, like that, those, that influence completely yeah, changed the genre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like you had, when, when you were a kid and you had like that, whatever, 12 box of crayons or 20 box of crayons that had this colors. And then somebody brought like a 64 box yeah. of crayon. And all of a sudden, like the palette oh, yeah. expands. Yeah. Or it's like music that you can only understand if you close your eyes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, um, okay. Tell, um, will you tell people, please, the story about Young Thug, who's like this. I don't know what you call pioneer. Yeah, no, he and then his friend. Pioneer. So yeah, so Young Thug plays is, him a demo. Yeah, Young Thug in the Atlanta scene has a bunch of rappers that he's put on and, and discovered, and he has a whole like army almost of guys. And a lot of those guys are huge now today. Like Lil Baby is like one of the top rappers who, who was discovered by Young Thug. Now Gunna is one of the guys that was kind of like one of Young Thug's friends and was like in a lot of like early Young Thug music videos and was just kind of like in the background. In the it's background. Just, it's just a guy that hung out with just Young one Thug. one of the dudes. So, and Gunna is now one of the biggest rappers in the world. So they were asking, I saw an interview recently where they were, it was an interview with Gunna and Young Thug. And it was like, it was like, how did you first find out? Because Gunna's been your friend forever. Like, how did you first find out that he was like the skill of a rapper? And Young Thug was like, well, you know, Duke, Duke, who's another rapper in that, and in, in one of Young Thug's friends was like, he was like, well, you know, Duke, Duke was, Duke was playing me a song. He's like, he's like, this is a song I have with, with Gunna. And, and no, he's like, Duke was playing me a song and it was with some other guy. And I was like, who's this other guy? This guy's great. <laughs> and Duke was like, this is Gunna. This is the guy you've been hanging out with. By the way, I, I think he's, I think in the interview he said, this is, this is Sergio Kitchens because Gunna's real name is Sergio Kitchens, which is just the best name ever. <laughs> Um, is it really? Yeah, it's Sergio. But everyone's like, "Why would you go by Gunna? Just go by Sergio Kitchens." Like that's like the best. Yeah. Both both names are great. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, two but careers. Like, but like Sergio, <laughs> Sergio, Sergio Kitchens is like the best rap name of all time. Like, but but um, so it was just a really funny story where he like he plays him the song and he's like, "Who's this other guy? This other guy's great." He's like, "That's that's Gunna. That's the guy you've been hanging out with forever." He's like, "Wait, this is Gunna." <laughs> okay. And then fast forward, Gunna's now one of the biggest rappers in the world. You know, you know so. Gunna, parentheses, Sergio Kitchens, is also just recently, I just read an interview where he said his goal was to wear a brand new pair of Versace underwear every day. Yeah, he's, he's so absolutely So he more hilarious. than lives yeah. up to Sergio Kitchens' Gunna. Oh, yeah, he's, he's, he's a character. Okay, so there's a song um, that you need to listen to by Gunna. And if, you're, if you didn't listen to the first song, you're like, oh, I'll listen to it later. Rob and Trace, they're just talking about some stuff. Here's the thing. This, ne- this next song that you're going to listen to, Kristen Bell loves yeah. this song. This is Mom's favorite Gunna song. And by the way, I want to add... Mom has incredible taste and incredible, Isn't it amazing? an incredible natural ear for rap. And I'm not right. saying this isn't like me saying like, oh, she has like a good ear like for a mom. This is like someone who has like right. no, there's no, no for a mom added to this. No, no, no. She has a really like you can just tell she's a really natural ear for these kind of sounds and this kind of style. 
Um, yeah, so all you people, like when I'm out on tour and stuff and you say to me, it's fine that you came to hear me talk, but you'd r- really rather just listen to Kristen Bell. All you people who wonder like what her magic sauce is and all that, um, oftentimes, like if, you know, she's in the kitchen, she will, this is, this, these are the jams that she has oh, yeah, going yeah. and she's moving to it. She's like, but um, this, what's the song by Gunna? G-U-N-N-A. Yeah. Gunna. This, so this is, off, this is off Drip or Drown 2. This is a song called... Drip or Drown? Which, by the way, if you, want, if you really want to like experience this, the, the sound and the feeling that we're talking about, I'd actually recommend listening to this whole album. Um, so, this, yeah, so this album is Drip or Drown 2, and it's the song Out the Hood. Out the Hood by Gunna. G-U-N-N-A. And the, and the thing about uh, this song... Is when his voice comes in. Yeah, his mom is always like the the tone. The, his the voice, feel. his voice really melts into like like really pay attention to the rhythm and the way his voice really melts into the song. You know what I mean? And yeah. And again, I want to stress like like just just feel. You know what I mean? Feel the way he and on the cover he's swimming. That's why dripper drown. There's a lot of water references because it's like you almost get the feeling it's like like underwater submerged like dri- yeah. like. Um, so I want people to kind of have that that vision. If you can find the album cover and look at it, like uh, I'd recommend you do so because it kind of it, it adds to the overall aesthetic. You know what's interesting? Here's what we're inviting people. I was just thinking about what we're inviting people to. There is listening to a song and going, "What is he saying?" And then there is listening to to a song and going, "What is he saying?" There you go. Nice. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. Um, Okay, so uh, here you go, everybody. We're going to talk slowly. You're going, let's pause. You listen to the Gunna song. And now we're back. We are back. That song. Yeah, that song's great. I love that song. That whole album. I I want to stress again, that whole album was just... just I love... Chef's Kiss. (laughs) I love what you're saying about like water because now you say, well, the song feels like being underwater or drowning or coming up out of the water and back down. Yeah, it's like like a submerged feeling almost. You know what I mean? So anytime you're talking about what you experienced in one medium, so that's like like an oral sound sonic experience. Yeah. That somehow makes you feel something kinesthetic that's like an that's like an extraordinary thing you know what i mean yeah. when somebody creates yeah. something over here that has yeah. you feeling this over here yeah it's like a painting that is up there on the wall that somehow makes you feel something in a tactile or in a heart sense i mean this is obviously the the gift of art is it yeah it's speaking to you in all these interesting ways once again he's like capturing some sort of sensation about being a human being. Yeah, no, that, that's it's exactly how I would put it. That's, very, a, that's a perfect way to put it. The, the, that logical, rational A plus B equals C cause and effect is, is like doesn't do that well in certain human experiences. And like that's where what that music yeah. is capturing. Yeah. Okay, so we, we got to do... Uh, are we doing one more? Yeah. Oh, no, well, oh, yeah, we should just talk about one more. Well, yeah, I think... Well, I, I mean, I already mentioned Future a little bit, and I'm, I'm sure a lot of people listening have probably heard of Future. I mean, he had a song on Taylor Swift's album. He's one of the biggest artists in the world. Um, 
But but the reason I mentioned Future and why he's like an interesting case to look at is just because him and Young Thug were the ones that really pioneered the sound. And when Future first came out, he was really misunderstood. I remember by like a lot of people were like, who is this guy? What is he doing? What is he doing with his voice? And it's like, oh yeah, the guy that was misunderstood for being like way ahead of the game, his name would be Future. Like you would have to like, <laughs> you would almost have to like go in, like fast forward, whatever, how many years, seven, seven years later, he's now like the biggest artist in the world and has influenced like, tons like it, it, it has influenced the genre in like ways that you can't we can't even really like conceive of yet you know um right so it's like i the, i i think there's a lesson there that like sometimes the thing that like that seems weird or dumb or or like what is this guy doing actually can be way ahead of the the curve and i just love like future's name almost like his name almost tells a story about his influence and about his absolutely his art, you know it's also interesting what you just said about something appears shallow or superficial or trivial and nonsensical yeah. or, or not serious, give it seven years and culture has shifted. Consciousness has shifted to such a degree that, that it becomes like the center, yeah. like literally the center Taylor Swift is reaching to future mm-hmm. to stay to exactly. Say yeah, exactly. Um, so it, it's almost like a, I mean, we often talk about this right here. The thing that right now people are going, huh? Do not discard it or um, ignore it. The thing that is It, it could be, be the very thing that's way ahead of the game. It the, could be- who knows, given enough time, where that was actually the, the first burst of a new um, direction. So um, Future, any albums or songs you'd recommend or just Future as a whole? Um, just... Just the wide open future. Yeah, f- future. Future's really like he, he. A lot of his albums are really. He varies a style and like he he's he has a lot of different styles on a lot of different albums. So I would really recommend people if you really want like to just kind of um, look at a bunch, lot of different stuff. If you want specific songs, "Blood on the Money" is one of the most beautiful um, songs from him. Uh, 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 solo. He has a song called "Sorry," which is really beautiful. Um, but I would. I would look. I would urge people to kind of look at his whole discography because I think he has is a really kind of like uh, genius artist. And, okay, so let's and not even rapper, by the way. I want to add like he's just an artist. Like, yeah, not, yeah, 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 yeah. Wider, yeah. wider than just. Yeah. Okay, let's. Um, we're gonna wrap up music and then we're gonna go to a, another area. Um, but let's let's again summarize. There's something like anybody who's like. Well, I love that young thug line. Is it chicken? I eat ice cream with my chicken. Oh, yeah. On, on, on my favorite young thug song called Power, which, by, again, another song that I would recommend people, because that song is, yeah, he, on the second verse, he said, I eat ice cream with my chicken. Yeah, like, he has, he has really, and like... those lines become incredibly and, you know, young iconic. Young thug's, like, some of his lines are, like, iconic among his fans and among, like, rap fans, because they're just, like, they're just so legend. Like, the stuff he says is just, like, so legendary and so, like, weird. It, like, makes sense, but doesn't make sense at the same time. Right, you know right, what right. I mean? Like, I was going to say, it's language used in a post language yeah sort of way yeah and that's what i what, what you and i have talked so much about is there's something about this experience of the modern world that language is helpful and necessary and absolutely integral to it and yet there's something post language yeah there's there's certain limitations of language that you start to recognize yeah. Through, the, through the evolution of spirit and evolution of consciousness, there's a certain fundamental limitation of the conventional uses of language. Yeah, becomes very apparent. 
Yeah. And in this one particular slice of music, at first given a derisive name, mumble rap, that appears as though it's like a hazy sort of nebulous, what are they? Yeah. Actually, when you, when you take it seriously, you realize, oh, this is actually quite profound what's happening here. Yeah. It's like lyrics and words in the service of something way deeper and wider. Yeah. Yeah. So let's do this. Let's move then from music. Yeah, let's go. Transition time. <laughs> now we're they're going to meet Drill. Yes, okay. You're going to meet I'm going to introduce you guys to Drill, who is D R I L L. D R I L, just one L. One um <laughs> It is at at uh at no at drill. His his account name is Wint at drill. So it just if you want to find him on Twitter, it's just at d r i l. So drill is the I'm, I'm gonna call him. He's the king of weird Twitter. So drill <laughs> drill has been a Twitter account. Um, he's a pretty popular Twitter account, and he's been around forever. He's been he's been around since like the beginning of Twitter. Um, and his account is uh like a he tweets like nonsensical weird phrases that kind of half make sense half don't make sense um and his account is purposely supposed to be like super weird and out there and like just pushing the boundaries of like what like what makes sense it's like it's almost like it's very similar like the, the mumble rap of comedy almost the there mumble rap of 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 social commentary so like and I, I, again, I want to stress like me just reading drill tweets and just telling about you, telling him, um, telling you guys about him doesn't really give the same effect as you actually like going to his page, like seeing the picture. And he also retweets like nonsensical <laughs> stuff too. So I'm just saying that from like an aesthetic perspective, I do think it is, if you guys can, if you guys can actually pull up his page and just get a look and just scroll through and kind of get the overall feel. Again, I want to stress like, it's to, like, it's like we need to make a disclaimer. The next few minutes will be awkward. Yes, some some of this is gonna sound really weird, and sound like what the heck are they got, they talking about? But I want to urge people to kind of go to his page and right. actually look like look at it and see it from an aesthetic sense. It's so almost like, like if you're not getting the next six minutes of this episode, you're doing fine. Yes, yes. If you're not getting it, you're getting it. Yes, that's that's the whole point of this whole episode is you're not actually supposed to get everything. <laughs> nice. You know what I mean? Because right, yeah, because we're um, going somewhere with this. Okay, yes. so so like a couple of like examples of like a drill. Uh, account uh, tweet. So like this is this is one he did a couple weeks ago. Wearing shoes makes you like fifty pounds heavier. <laughs> like uh, the the other one. This is one of my favorite ones. He just says quote. It just in quotes the jeans generation. So like like it almost out appear, of context. Out fragments. of context fragments. It almost appears like a computer is making these these tweets. Um, like they're bits and pieces, like just floating in the ether. Like the other day, I'm I'm pleased to report that this is a jeans account. <laughs> like it just with a period and and like he purposely misspells stuff. It looks like almost like a computer is making it. But the 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 genius and power of drill is that he actually has deep social and political commentary embedded, like and nine like layers deep, nine layers deep in some of these tweets. And the thing about drill that's so genius is some of his tweets have actually are super famous and gone viral because they can be applied to a lot of different scenarios. So through his like nonsensical weird humor way of like fragment thing that doesn't really make sense he actually provides some like serious social commentary that actually gets referenced on twitter and in different situations 
like, oh, drill predicted this, or like there's a drill tweet for everything. So I want to I want to take people through a couple of these examples because I think like I, I just think they're com completely yeah. brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so the first one I want to I want to show people is this one. So this is a tweet from September of 2013. So this was seven years ago. I want I want people to to note that that this was seven years ago. So drill tweets food two hundred dollars data one hundred fifty dollars rent. $800, candles, $3,600, utility, $150. Someone who is good at the economy, please help me budget this. My family is dying. So it's, so you see how it appears like a, what a, what a weird, silly, like, okay, guys spending a lot on candles. Right, it's right. Just a it's a normal, it's like a normal budget, except for the person is spending $3,000 on candles. I realize I'm killing the, killing the thing by, but then says somebody who knows economics, please help me my, because my something's wrong with this. My family is dying. Okay. And, so, and no, no explanation, no, no explanation, context, no anything. No that tweet just goes out. Fast forward seven years later. Okay. So after the, after the, the race riots here in LA, there was a lot of scrutiny over the, the way that uh, resources were being allocated and money was being allocated in the budget. By the city of Los Angeles. By the city of Los Angeles. So they, there was a graph of Mayor Garcetti, who is our mayor here in LA, his proposed budget for the for uh, 2020 into the 2021, because he had a proposed budget. So if you and uh, so his budget, the people pulled up a graph of the budget. So there's emergency man management, cultural affairs, recs, rec and parks, transportation, housing and community and investment, and then LAPD is the the last bar on the graph. So someone took the someone made two graphs. One of the graphs is Drill's tweet of the amount of stuff he's spending. On, yes. on and then they compared it to Mayor Garcetti's proposed budget, and you see the 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 bar for candles is almost the same as the bar for LAP, LAPD. So if you just look at it visually, you see all these really important things, but then the amount proposed for LAPD is just like way 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 farther. The money like, being spent on the police completely dwarfed all the other expenditures in the city of Los Angeles. So you see the, the power of that graph of the Mayor, Gar the Mayor Garcetti's graph. Because everybody went, shared. oh, no because wonder. visually, when you look at it, it tells a story visually when you look at it. This is what, yeah. Like, so people were comparing, pulling up Drill's tweet from seven years ago. Okay. Of like, okay. <laughs> but, do you, but do you see like, help my family, help me, someone help me budget this, my family is dying. Like we're complete turmoil in LA, race riots, breaking out on the street, like, People dying people, around so like the country. That, yes. that that he that humor that he uses initially in this like he he taps into something of like look at how ridiculous this budget is. You know what I mean? And please help me. My family's dying. It's very apparent what the joke is. Like oh this okay like, he's spending too much on candles. But you see then later when you see Mary Garcetti's budget, like it's tapping into that same feeling of like look how much he's spending on candles. Look how much he's spending on LAPD and police yeah. compared to the actual like. Things that like, yeah, other community, uh, yeah. projects. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I um I did an episode a couple weeks ago about this this like obscure line in the Bible about King Solomon who's building military bases and store cities, and it's basically the storyteller's going, he's spending so much money on the protection of his wealth, yeah, and the enforcing of it using violent weaponry. Um, and the and the storyteller is looking back, going, "You want to know why these people ended up in exile and their culture fell apart? It's because the expenditures way early were on weaponized protection of surplus at the expense of people yep. missing 
Um, now, now help me understand the psychology. I mean, that one just makes my head hurt. Help me understand the psychology of Twitter. That gr- I remember that graph came out, and it's been happening all over the past few weeks. People looking at the budgets of cities and realizing, I mean, n- no wonder there's so much death. Um, yeah. By police, look at the weaponry. Look at the the military-like nature. Look at the massive budgets, and then we have this data that actual rethinking of policy of policing and putting it in the hands of communities actually makes people safer. Tell me how somebody sees those charts and remembers a drill tweet from seven years earlier. Isn't that isn't that isn't that the quite, isn't that the amazing thing? Is like somehow like the way he. he, he his style of tweeting and the way his humor works that like it almost is like po- it sticks with you it, because like imprints in some way that people can't they just can't forget it it sticks with you and like a poet because he's naming something he's naming like a ridiculous he's naming a uh, like a, almost like an injustice like a uh, yeah a feeling like the like feeling yeah, of okay. like how ridiculous it is and it sticks with you almost because it's like nonsensical and goofy it appears nonsensical and goofy. You so see how it, it uh, actually goes deeper because of that, you know? See, I, you know, I mean, I've spent the past 25 of my, years of my life on communication and what sticks, what works, what helps us, what strikes us, what grabs us. There's something about his, you're right, you could just say, here are the stats, here's what's wrong. He does this weird, off-kilter kind of joke that somehow, it, it, like, it, your brain gets it. But it people it, are referencing, by, can you mind, this is a tweet made seven years ago right, that people are right. now referencing in 2020, you know? Like, yeah, there's something there's to, something to be said about that. Like, that's, that's really significant, it's you know? Really, really, yeah, because you're right. It, there's a logic to it, and then there's also a feeling that grabs you and almost like stamps you um and then seven years later people see a police spending graph drill 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 candle tweet okay let's do another one okay so so this and this is what drill one of drill's most famous ones he says drunk driving may kill a lot of people but it also helps a lot of people get to work on time so it's impossible to say if it's bad or not so this one oh my god that's so weird this okay so this one's really weird but this one is because at first it's offensive at first, like, it's offensive. No, you're like, drunk driving is bad. What is he, what is he saying? Right. You know, but he's actually that's actually like deep social commentary on a lot of the ways that people justify certain unjust acts and don't aren't aren't able to to label them as immoral and unjust. And he, here, I'm I'm gonna have the, the the biggest the classic example for this one. I think is so. Uh, Wolf Blitzer is CNN. interviewing. Yeah, Wolf Blitzer of CNN is interviewing Senator Rand Paul a couple of years ago, and they're they're discussing uh, the U.S. supplying and selling weapons to Saudi Arabia, who are then using uh, those weapons in their genocide against Yemen. And one of the worst genocides. One of the worst genocides in, yeah, the, in years and years. I mean, worst as if you can the, rank them that the U.S. is complicit in. And Rand, so the U.S. is supplying weapons to Saudi Arabia, who are committing some of the worst human rights violations yeah. and the taking of human life. In in decades, yeah, and Wolf Blitzer is asking Senator Rand Paul about this. Yeah, so so Wolf Blitzer, yeah, so so Rand Paul is telling Wolf Blitzer that he, we need to stop the arming of Saudi Arabia. They're using these these weapons in a genocide. This is immoral. This is this is not right. The U.S. needs to end this. And Wolf Blitzer famously says, um, "What about the defense? What about the defense contractors? What about the what about job? Are you worried, Senator, about loss of jobs?" Um, are you worried about the, the loss of jobs for defense contractors if we were to stop arming 
Saudi Arabia, oh. as in. But that that one is always that one was that drill tweet was in referenced in who who's to say that army in Saudi Arabia is bad, but also provides a lot of jobs. You get that there, you get how he's naming a certain logic Innocent there. Innocent citizens in Yemen are being murdered, but I mean. There, there are American a, jobs. It's good for the economy. It's making you, you see how that drill tweet is is. So when that when that interview came out, people remembered people the drill reference. Tweet. People reference that drill tweet is yeah. The, the drunk driving drill tweet is a famous tweet because he's actually tapping into a certain logic that is used by a lot of um, justifications for U.S. policies and unjust policies because it provides. Because in this country, like it gets our, someone to work our on horrible time. policies, yeah, it gets someone to work on time. Our horrible policies actually provide jobs and have an economic benefit for a lot of mili- so, military-industrial you know. complex. You know, like it, it's right. a he's he's actually naming a really like like flawed, immoral logic in in a lot of justifications for these policies. But but it's through the like. It's, it appears like kind of sick and gross and like weird and, and fu- the drunk driving initially. Yeah. But he, it's because he's tapping into that feeling. You know what I mean? Like, yes. And through that joke, he's actually providing a lot of... Uh, uh, you're offended and you're repulsed and you're morally like something within you like, like wants to throw fit. Like, no, no, no. Drunk yeah. driving's no, wrong. Drunk driving's wrong. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, the army of Saudi Arabia is wrong. So you know, it puts the, your brain in this odd... Oh, God, my, my heart, head hurts. Okay, let's do another one because there's a, I think there's a third one that I was like. What? Okay, so the, the, this one is, this one's actually one of my personal favorites because this one's referenced all the time again. He says, the wise man bowed his head solemnly and spoke. There's actually zero difference between good and bad things. You imbecile, you moron. So I, this one again appears weird. Like the wise man bowed his head. There's actually zero difference. But he's actually, that, that one is always referenced to make fun of centrists and people that refuse to take sides when there's a clear right or wrong issue uh. um, and people that confuse the people who that are married to neutrality because they confuse it with like a sign of intelligence like oh i'm i'm when there's clearly a good and bad side or there's clearly a moral or immoral side you can take on yeah. an issue the person that like he, the, the person that's like, well, you know, I just don't take sides. You know, I don't get caught up in the in the either or. The person that like plays the fence because they they think it makes them like the superior. This feeling more, of, of intellectual superiority. More I'm sort of above the fray. That's why he says the wise man bowed his head solemnly and spoke. There's actually zero difference between good and bad things. You imbecile, you moron. Like he's the imbecile, he's the moron. You know what I mean? The very person that thinks that they're like rising above the stupid people is actually having the worst logic of all of them. Cause he's saying there's zero difference between good and bad things. You know, you know, you and I were talking about um, the, how that has echoes of Martin Luther King. When yeah. he talks about the white moderate, yeah. the white, mod- he's like, my problem, it's almost like he said, I mean, I'm par- paraphrasing in a sense, but it's almost like he says, my problem isn't with the person who's clearly way over on the other side, who I am profoundly deeply opposed to. My problem is the person who sits in the middle, the, the, the white moderate, and who, for the sake of quote unquote whatever peace and conciliation, doesn't actually stand for anything? Yeah, um, that was where like his he had this fire and repulsion. Yeah, for that. Yeah, God, drill. So this, so the drill. We do, we do, can we do the last one? Because it's one of my favorites. <laughs> sure. Because this this one's more a little more like this one's not as political. It's just really funny. He says, "There's quotes. I'm not owned. I'm not owned." I continue to insist as I slowly shrink and transform into a corn cob. So this, 
So this one is like it's so weird. This one's super weird. But the reason this one works is because like on Twitter, when people get into trouble and start doing those like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm gonna explain myself, and they do like more explanations, more explanations, and like you know how that person that just like keeps digging the hole deeper, you know what I mean? Through more explanations. So under when people do that, people will go then post either his tweet or they'll just post pictures of corn cobs, as in like, <laughs> like you get it. I'm not owned. I'm not owned. Like as I continue to insist, as I slowly transform into a corn cob, like shrink into a corn cob, like it, it's such like a stupid like, what is he talking about? But it actually is like naming that like person that like is like more defiantly like saying like oh no you didn't get me you didn't get they're me they're trying I'm to like, clarify they're trying to they're trying to clarify or like dig themselves out of a hole but the more the more adamantly they try to do that the deeper the hole gets oh. dug you know what i mean so through his like corn cob through his corn cob joke reference he now has made like shrinking into a corn cob like a joke on twitter so now when someone does that it's just a bunch of they're just flooded with a bunch of pictures of corn cobs you know what i mean you see drill <laughs> but you see drill's influence you see how drill like it's everywhere drill like like runs the like runs the internet in like a way like in a weird sort of way you know what i mean like his stuff is the stuff that's reference you know so you, there's that there's that person who they post that you know i've gotten a lot of heat about that last thing i said and i just want to clarify i wasn't referring to and you're like, oh, stop. Yeah, it'd be better just you're not to say not anything. You're not helping your cause. You're shrinking into a corn cob right now, you're buddy. You're shrinking. But well, it's interesting. The corn cob thing, you're like, what's that a reference to? The answer is nothing. No, there is no like. Right. Yeah. There is no, well, you know, the tradition of the shrinking corn cob. There is no. So drill isn't like, like the thorns on a rose or the wings on a hummingbird are like, oh yeah, the wings move fast, the thorns are sharp. You know what I mean? Like those are things we have like a, but shrinking corn cob has no thing that we're pointing to, but you know, the shrinking corn cob, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So it has no known reference, which makes it so absurd and disorienting. Yeah. But then suddenly has all but this it, meaning. But almost like works better because yes, it's like, yes. yeah. God, it just messes with your head. Um, we don't know who Drill is, correct? Well, apparently some people found out his identity, but but the thing that there's Drill has so much respect and he has such like a, people on the internet have so much respect for him that they kind of like out, out of respect, like didn't share his identity. Like I've seen the name, but I can't like remember the name. And it's kind of one of those things that like the people that found out his identity were like, people were mad at them and like, no, no, you don't reveal Drill's identity, like Drill's Drill, you know what I mean? Like we don't want to know the man behind this, you know? It's, like it worked the mystery. Like he's been around for like ten years, and we still don't know. It's very bank. It's very Banksy, and he's never like announced who he is, you know? Like it's yeah, very Banksy. A little bit is, yeah. And easy to dismiss. Yes. Easy to just be like, huh? And yet you pause, and you sink into it. And profound commentary on on the times. Yes, and almost almost like like a laptop. You've pointed out multiple times. Like I don't even want to use these words, but it feels like 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 morality, like spinal fortitude, like right and wrong. Like he's pointing stuff out. No, yeah, yeah. No, he has sure. a point of view, for and sure. it's it's it, it is a oddly centered good powerful point of view yeah you know oh, he's absolutely. like this is wrong this is an injustice this is morally corrupt he's like, naming some fundamental truths through that really weird style and like yeah like 
yeah, it's 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 amazing. It's insane. Yeah. <laughs> oh my word! And misunderstood at first, and then given enough time. Um, now you uh, have talked about what you think is ha- going to happen in comedy. Yeah, I think I think in the same way that 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 style of rap has influenced rap and was kind of misunderstood at first. I think comedy is going to move because I've already seen on tw- at least on Twitter the the kind of weird style nonsensical yeah style has has influenced a lot of people and it's starting to become bigger. I think comedy is going to move towards a more of this. The more like comedy is going to move t- uh, trend towards a more um, drill style of like nonsensical weird. Um, like a weird style that like doesn't really make sense at first glance mm-hmm. and it's kind of like tapping into, but I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if drill is viewed as like a pioneer of this style of comedy that in, in I don't know how many years, like five, 10 years is like much, much yeah. bigger, much, much more mainstream. That appears you know? illogical out of context, um, almost irrelevant. Yeah. And then you, you, but you, but then you, you locate a feeling within it. Yeah. Or a sense. It's almost like you sense your way to it and find below the surface um, is a world of depth and, and often like profound commentary. Yeah. You know, uh, I uh, you know I do I do these Zoom sessions every afternoon where people what what they're working on, how they're stuck, and then we watch them get unstuck. And it's artists and activists and business people and entrepreneurs and writers and all that. But um, all you Robcast folks, um, I get, I'm meeting so many of the, the listeners to this Robcast every day. And, and I was telling you when we were talking about this episode that it's so fascinating this moment that we're in, how many people, their work in the world <clears throat> was totally disrupted by the quarantine, by pandemic, all that. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they're like, and a number of people, they start in, and I can, I can sense something just below the surface, and I'll say something like, are you angry? Have you, or, or they'll say, I, I lost my work. I can't do it. So now I'm trying to come up with what I can do, and I'll say, like, are, have you fully grieved what this coronavirus has done to your life? Um, or have you had, have you had a funeral? for how things used to be. And it's so interesting how these um, educated, accomplished, really, really intelligent, impressive people um, oftentimes will like tear up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, because of this moment that we're living in and how, and what's interesting, and then I often talk to them about the relationship between grief and imagination and they're trying to cook up, what am I going to do now? Or, or how am I going to make my work how am I going to do my work now when I can't do it how I used to do it? Um, so often we just have to lay out, um, okay, first you got to grieve or you got to get all that anger out so that you can then begin to imagine. And, and when, as soon as people see that their grief is blocking their imagination, but they have to go to the feeling. They're trying to think up how they're going to do their work, but it's, there's yeah, a feeling. You have to go to the feeling, yeah. You yeah. have to go to the feeling. This time almost requires it. Like, yes, like, okay. So folks, that's where we were headed with this episode nobody, it's like this Western world of educated people who we all went to college and consider ourselves rational. We're up against something 
that is so devastating, absurd, unpredictable. The response of the like the government leaders' response, you can't yeah. even. It transcends the conventional framework that we so many of us understand things yes. through. Yes, and, and and that's 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 kind of the point that we were trying to get across in this episode is like the way that this time and, and, and evolution starts to the thing, like the post language, post conventional, it, yeah. it requires almost that part of you to become present, you know, that can feel and understand these things. Yes. And I interact with so many people who you can see that, that front part of the rational brain is like overheating because it's trying to get its mind around it and it can't, do it. Like I was joking with somebody the other day with, they mentioned November and I was like, what is November at this point? It's a, it's a concept. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. you're going to do what the last week of December? Good luck. Yeah. Um, even the idea of like kids aren't, are going back to school. They're not going back to school. Cause suddenly you go, wait, like, will will Violet be in her room through Christmas? Yeah. Will, will 2020 be, well, well, you know what I mean? Will Violet be on her laptop having somebody somewhere showing her math? Or No, you know no, I mean? no it's so weird. No, like yeah. you're, um, it pushes your ability to comprehend something. And I just talked to more people who are like, I wake up in the morning and I, I got things to do and we're okay. And yet my brain is in, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like it's swimming or... It feels like a, um, it's like an underwater or something, which reminds me of a Gunna song. I mean, it's interesting how much uh, of that rap we've been playing. Because you think about like um, how, how much of like the guitar, drums, and bass that you grew up listening to me, you know, big shimmering music right now. Yeah. This isn't a moment for like big giant let's all sing you know what i mean yeah no absolutely yeah um but i come in the kitchen and you've got that stuff playing with that low end on the speaker and it's like yeah that feels like this moment yeah a little hazy uh a little hazy a little underwater a little drifty a little disoriented a little drippy and, and then you think about i mean in uh the spiritual tradition of the psalms people grow and their consciousness expanded expands through this three-stage process of orientation, disorientation, reorientation. Like that's how you get bigger, wider, more compassionate, more loving is you have a way of orienting yourself. Something comes along that disorients that. It puts you in pain. You don't know what end is up. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It throws you off. And then you can either resist it or you can feel all the feelings you can let it take you somewhere new and you end up on the other side uh, expanded, bigger, wider, but you've been through something and now you're reoriented and it feels like this is happening on a massive global scale. Because we talked about it first, it was like, oh, you know, well, then when everything goes back, you know, March, April, remember that? It was mm -hmm. like, well, you know, then when everything goes back to how it was. And or, by April, everyone was using that phrase, when everything goes back to normal and I was like, Normal. Yeah, by April, like, May, by the May, early June, everybody was like, oh, apparently we're not going back. Yeah. We're going forward into something that we don't actually know, which yeah. is all new. No one's ever seen this. Very, very, very strange. 
Yeah, and there's something you and I keep talking about. Something about this is about, uh, it's almost like, okay, here's a theory for you. You ready for this one? If you think about unfolding stages of growth, roughly 500 years ago, you had this <clears throat> explosion of a scientific revolution. I think, therefore, I am. You had Cartesian mm -hmm. logic. You had um, Kepler, Copernicus, Galileo. You had the discovery that the Earth is not the center of the solar system. You had the birth of scientific method, which was awesome. Like, it brought us electricity, democracy. You know what I mean? Like, how many things um, this... <clears throat> explosion of rational, logic, linear thinking, which gave us the Industrial Revolution, which gave us um, science in all its forms, which gave us technologies and luxuries. But it, it almost feels like uh, we got stuck in our heads. Yeah. And you've talked about that at university, like a, a generation stuck in their heads. Yeah. Well, you, you, forget, you can forget the soul. You, you forget soul when you get too stuck in your head. You know what I mean? Right. You forget a very vital element of spirit and life when you get too stuck in your heads. Like this head. giant modern world, which was amazing, got built on some methods which are still, need, I mean, a vaccine needs that kind oh, of, of thinking yeah. and no, logic. No, no, that, that and thinking. yet when, when it becomes too much the filter or it becomes the way people experience life, if I can't understand it, then it doesn't exist. You know yeah. what I mean? Then you're cut off from the other ways of knowing, um, intuition, spirit, soul, um, the body knows. Um, and I just wonder, going back to what you're saying about where comedy is headed, how this thing that we're in, with all of its death toll tragedy, all the difficulties of it, the financial stress, also has within it this, you have to sink down into heart. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You have to acknowledge the emotional frequencies of it. If you stay stuck in your head, you, you just... You lose what it means to be a human. Right, yeah. right. And you, I just... You see people like overheating. Yeah. I mean, I see it almost every day. There's at least one person who you just go, hey, I'll just go, hey, you angry? Have you grieved? You sad? And you can could, you could see the person's head over... And I just, I'll just be like, hey, just take a deep breath. Just take a deep breath and feel it. And I can... Almost like I can feel like this drop from the head into the heart. And um, sometimes there are tears, and you can just like, um, and I've watched people just go, I am. That's almost like a release, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And then suddenly they grab a notepad, and they're like, the ideas start coming. Yeah, because, but, because when they tap into that other way of thinking, it actually helps the, the rational. That's, 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 right, that's right, the thing. Right, like, right, right. The right. rational style of thinking is actually helped. And, yeah, and absolutely. And made more vibrant by, the, by tapping into the other, other yeah. parts of it. Yeah. yeah, you got to let go. You got to die to how it was. Yeah, you got to have a funeral for it. You grieve, let it go. Now use that wonderful brain of yours. Oh, yeah, I actually, it's a process. Man, oh man, what day is it? <laughs> Special edition trace report. I love it when you come on the Robcast. Yeah, this one was fun. This one was a lot of fun. I'm, I'm really hoping people like this one and people connect with this one because I think. Yeah, 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 and 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 yeah, you you've helped me so much think through all this, um, and like it's actually really really helped me um, in my own my head sinking down into my heart and like into into the fullness. 
Oh, man, this was fun. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this has been episode 284, Trace Report. What day is it? Thanks again, my man. No, thank you. No, this was a tough one. Grace and peace, everybody.